And by gum, did they deliver. This was an outstanding professional wrestling show in front of 1,700 very vocal, or let's say clappy fans. And to join me to discuss this epic event is Mr. John Dinsdale of Steel Show Wrestling Magazine. How are you, sir? I am pretty good. It's always nice when you bring me on to watch a properly decent show. Yes, nothing all killer, no filler, really. There was nothing that wasn't worth watching. (laughs) <laughs> it was all good um the show kicked off in the traditional ddt sorry traditional uh, tjpw way with the up up girls doing their performance which was as usual positive they are like annoyingly levels of positive but you can't you can't be mad at the up up girls they're lovely there's rumors there's a new one on the way and everyone's sort of hotly debating who they're going to be and what color they're going to wear mm, intriguing um, but yeah, they had a bit of a, a talk about the history of TJPW, which is kind of what this show was about. It's like trying to link the past to the future. Um, but speaking of the future, it opened with Arisu Endo and Suzume. They defeated Jure Nagano and Moka Miyamoto in 9 minutes and 44 seconds in a good old-fashioned rookie Joshi match, where the rookies kept hammering at each other for 9 minutes and 44 seconds and did not let up. And I really enjoy these kind of matches because... Other Josh promotions don't seem to do them anymore. Do you see what I mean? It's just young girls going off leather and trying to get over. And I appreciate that in a raw, base sense of what wrestling should be. In my eyes. What do you think, John? Yeah, this was a great way to open it. Endo and Susan may have been building up quite a bit of momentum and they had two newer people to welcome into the company. In fact, this was Jury and Nagano's first match, I do believe debuting at like the biggest event as a karate fighting nurse like that's that's like the greatest thing ever and like she's qualified in all those fields she's a nurse she's a karate practitioner actor like jury and agano is kind of like the multi-tool of being a human being apparently <laughs> it's but yeah it was a nice little match and it did exactly what it set out to do put well... everyone over We'll give you vaccinations whilst fending off muggers. To be fair, this this wasn't even the only like vaccination push the show had. <laughs> we'll get to that in a bit. Um, yeah, this was this was just fun. It was just good wrestling and solid wrestling, and you kind of like you kind of get the roots of what Tokyo Joshi Pro is about, and it in many ways it kind of it arcs back to the earlier Joshi promotions like. Uh, all Japan women and the early days of Gaia because you have so many young girls coming through the company and they've got a fairly high rotation so they're building people all the time and it kind of harks me back to the glory days of Joshi more in in a more traditional sense than say um, Stardom even does though Stardom do this as well but not quite to the same level of high intensity Ironic because Aisha Khan kept popping up on commentary Yes, she did. Uh, commentary team was Haro Murato, Kagehiro Asana, Sakiya Mito, Yoriyuki 
Chutokyo and Aja Kong on the Japanese side and Hiroshi Arai, Chris Brooks and Balianaki in uh, the English commentary side, which was very good. Yeah, I was listening to the English and just um, because there's been a particular video going around about uh, dickhead commentary. Watch this show and you'll get how you can do the sort of friendly, banter-filled commentary while still doing your job properly. Yeah, this like, this was it. No people Brooks get it. Nobody was sexualized in this particular show. Ah, good. You did know what I was on about. I did, yes. For those of you, you just will not advertise who it was because the guy got fired as soon as he got back to the backstage area. Once the once the owners of the company had figured out what had gone on, he's no longer allowed on commentary, thankfully. Um, and I won't like embarrass the company because they had no idea it was happening at the time until after the show because you know a lot of independent wrestling shows don't have headphones for everybody. So you know that's uh, that's how it was, and it was unfortunate. And thankfully, it will not happen again. Um, but there you go. You can find out all that. Uh, similar pearl clutching went came along this weekend as well uh, because Tony Storm's making a living. <laughs> I mean, good living doing something that is a hell of a lot easier than re- well, not easier, but a hell of a lot less harmful to your body than wrestling. I've said it before, and I'll say it again: modeling a bikini does not require a flat back bump. And that's the whole point of professional wrestling: is to earn money. Do you think flat pack bump just makes it sound like you've got an Ikea wrestler in the works? <laughs> that would be ace, wouldn't it? Like, you know, it's like Create Pro in New York. You'd be like them, but like flat pack. I said flat back bump, not flat pack bump. I know, but my brain just sort of said flat pack. I've had too many fights with Ikea furniture. And Ikea furniture has won. <laughs> Oh, we'll move on to the next match. Hirozuki, Moyaki, Horaya, Yuni Manase, and Yuri defeat Haro Neko, Kaya Toribami, Mahiro Kairu, and Neo Kakatua in 12 minutes and 20 seconds of a really fun match. It was it was eye paced, and a lot of things happened. Gage match guys gave it five stars, which I thought was the five sorry five out of ten, not five stars. Uh, that's that's old Uncle Dave's. Um, Predilection, but yeah, I thought it was a bit underrated. I thought this was fine. I thought this was fun, and it was a lot of back and forth. What did you think of this one, John? Yeah, this was the big Ganjo versus TJPW wartime match because you've obviously got Gambe Joshi that's appeared now, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to beat TJPW," and they did here actually. Yeah, it's a, it's nice to have an interpromotional feud that's it's serious, obviously. But it's kind of nice to have one that's not so... It's the end of professional wrestling. No, it's just two teams of two different rosters having a fight, which is nice. It's also really funny to see Manus, Una Manasseh pull out a bloody Ornita-style. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she led her troops into war. She was wearing, well, she was wearing like, you know, very Anita blue jeans and a white vest top kind of affair. She was very channeling the great one, really, wasn't she? And yeah, the um, commentary also made note of just how mean Kakuta now has got because of all of this. He's <laughs> just kicking people in the face. He's <laughs> just like, yep, we, we saw a lot of that. <laughs> this, this one got rough. But yeah, it was. <laughs> but, but, it, but it's an interpromotional match, and that's kind of what you want to happen. You want it to be a little bit, like, stiff. 
not necessarily people getting hurt stiff, but stiff just because, you know, it, it's they're supposed to be rivals and that's kind of what you want. It's not like, you know, Akira Hokuto and Bull Nakano going to wrestle Combat Toyota and um uh Combat Toyota and um thingy. Girl, whose name I can't remember, one of my favorite wrestlers, and I can see the picture in my mind. I'm getting old, guys. Um, FMW women's wrestler it was FMW champion like 12 times. What's her name? Nagumi Kudo. There you go. Anyway, yeah, sort of mind blank there, mind fight. Yeah, it's not like you know, Akira Okuto and Bull Nakano going into Kawasaki Baseball Stadium to give somebody a kick in, which they did on several occasions. Um, it's a bit more even handed than that. <laughs> Which makes it kind of more fun, if that makes sense. But there you go. Yes, no, this was good. I enjoyed it. And uh, I'd like to see more Ganabrig because of this, which is kind of the point, isn't it, really? Yeah, Ganjo's really gotten quite popular in like the short time it's been around. Yeah, and it's really good. So we'll see more of it. And then we get on to the serious bidness of the entire show. Well, not that serious, but serious enough for us. Hyper Masao had a challenge to Sanhishiro Takagi because Sanhishiro Takagi has not been silly enough in her eyes and she felt that he needed putting back in his silly place. And as if to rise to the challenge, our boy Takagi came dressed to the ring as... Hyper Masao. Not dressed, actually. Just body painted paint. As. Painted as. <laughs> this was Hyper Masao. And, yes, it, it's, it's our, it even painted the face mask on, as Chris puts quite right point out. He could have just made a face mask. That surely would have been less messy. But, yes, John, carry on. This was incredible. Like, holy shit. I love how hyper Masao. I love her antics in like the ring. I love her backstory. I love how like inspirational a little her journey is. It just she's fought like Mecha Mummy and here she is fighting a doppelganger of herself that just wants to kill her. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so fun. Well they yeah, are just I mean, yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. This is the thing. Our um Good friend JC Bebe on Twitter, uh, at BFRJCB, who does listen to the show and watches everything, basically. He watches non-deathmatch stuff. He watches New Japan. He watches Noah. He watches uh, just stardom. He's just got into TJPW, and I don't think he quite gets the entire DDT backstory. And um, uh, <laughs> he was saying this morning, I don't understand this. It's, it's so silly. And I went, well, you know, Takagi's calmed down in in, in recent years, you know. <laughs> we say that after the last show we reviewed of DDT, he was dressed as the colonel beating up a McDonald's, like, sexual assault clown. It's like... Well, I mean, whilst literally I was having that conversation with JCB, um, he was wrestling Michael Nakagawa uh, of AEW Road Agent fame, and uh, a video appeared of Nakagawa online taking off his own underwear and smothering it into Kagi's face. Um, and to which JCB replied, this is calm. I went, well, you know, it's not wrestling Minoru Suzuki at to an empty Tokyo Dome over home plate, but it's pretty calm. <laughs> You've clearly never seen Sanjiro Takagi in body paint. No, no. Well, yeah, he did, because he'd watched yesterday's show. 
but not uh, before. I also don't think he realizes that like his favorite promotion, Noah, is run by Shinjiro Takagi. <laughs> Shinjiro Takagi must used to be like the world's greatest boss because you could approach him with any idea. And yeah. Like, oh, hey, how about we build to this feud where you dress as me? We have the most chaotic match known to man, potentially break the rules of the sumo hall. And I <laughs> and I dispute you. And he's like, yeah, sure. Okay. okay. Yeah. Like, how many people have just come to him? It's like, I want to fight you. And he's been like, do you want to make it cl- like serious or fun? And then you feel like fun. And I was like, okay. Yeah, we'll do that. That's fine. Yeah, no, no worries. I mean, there's also the point, like, that, yeah, you're right, Miss Al uh, went to the entranceway to perform uh, a high crossbody off the entranceway onto uh, Sanchiro and various other people who conveniently got in the way to catch her. And I guess they must have got special permission to do that, because the last person to try that was Coach Ravushi, and they got kicked out of uh, Sumo Hall for about three years. So, <laughs> um, yes, they probably either got into trouble or they got prior permission. And they also did a ridiculous spot with an entire pyramid of chairs in the ring as well, which was, you know, street fight funny for a street fight that was not particularly taking itself very seriously. And not one dream cycle, but two dream cycles. That's how good this match was. Yeah, there was the there was the regular dream cycle and there was Masao's hero dream cycle, which was green. <laughs> Ah, oh, with all this sort of Takagi talk, it's like him. AW has done a partnership with DDT. Yes, and now yeah. I'm, just, I'm hoping this means I'm one step closer to manifesting the dream match between Sanshiro Takagi and Luther. <laughs> like that will be the greatest thing the world has ever seen. I kind of, I, I want to see. Um, I'm trying to think now. Um, I want to see Super Masao versus Orange Cassidy. I think that would be great. Like the most hyperactive woman in professional wrestling and the least active human in professional wrestling. I think that's yeah. kind of that's kind of opposites attract kind of deal. I wanted to put her against Abaddon where she'd probably run screaming for like ten minutes. <laughs> like just... The real goal here though is Takage versus Luther. They've been in the same building before. They've been on the same shows before, but I've never seen them fight. Maki Ito and Chris Brooks having to persuade Daniel Bryan, sorry, Brian Danielson to go tag with them for no apparent reason. That would be good. <laughs> See, that's, that's not that unrealistic. No, it's like Chris Brooks and Maki Ito hiking through the Pacific Northwest to find this minimalist empty house on a lakeside and the Bella Twins are having a, a meatless barbecue and he's over there. <laughs> Are they just going to sort of be backstage at AEW one day and they're just both going to get slapped by William Regal. And that'll, be like, <laughs> that'll be the bloody acceptance. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be cool. Yeah. Shooter Makiito. That'd be, that'll be the next thing. But yeah, um, funnily enough, cage match guys, uh, obviously dead serious wrestling fans who don't enjoy any frivolity with their wrestling, giving it 7.7 7 out of 10. Um, third best match on the show. <laughs> so there you go. That was good. I liked it. It was cool. Um, Shall we go on to the next match? Well, the entrances of the next match. The, the entrances of the next match were... Ah, to say they were better than the matches, but they were outstanding. They took a very long time. It does remind me of like the Tokyo Dome show where all Japan women spent $5 million on entrances. Um, 
they spent some serious money. Uh, Asuka, not the WWE Asuka, Benny, as you would know her if you've seen the wrestle in America, defeated Yuki Kamafuki, nine minutes and 38 seconds. Two exceptional professional wrestlers who have a really intriguing big person style in a small person's world. They have very, very long legs, and that makes their offense incredibly difficult, uh, different. And Asuka has one of the most beautiful moonsaults you've ever seen. Um, and yeah, so I love these two, Rutch, and these two wrestle, and probably a little short for my tastes, but you cannot deny the royalty that was on show when it came to those introductions. Very much so. They'd gone all out on the entrances and for di- very different styles as well. Like, as commentary put, Asker had gone for the sort of sexiest style with a choreographed dance with a partner who looked a lot like Akito but wasn't Akito. And uh, <laughs> Kamafuku had done, had come in on a motorbike, been told she wasn't allowed a smoke break, so she got a <laughs> bottle of whiskey off a biker that went past, took a glug, and then sort of came out to fight I, I have to say you have to have a certain level of style to wear chaps over your wrestling gear which is made of chaps and wear that on a motorbike yes she she is a style queen personified and probably she probably doesn't smoke either but it looked cool <laughs> uh. but yeah no this was yeah we just but it kind of personified the whole show this is about style and substance we're going to give you these stars and present them like stars and they look like stars and by gum you'll believe they are stars and the we did is, these two are like really good friends and they absolutely kicked the shit out of each other well, like, they've, <laughs> they've been teaming for ages and now it's just like oh time for us to have a fight and yeah we're just gonna brain each other <laughs> it's just the way it is that's wrestling because that's the thing, that's another thing about Joshi is no hard feelings, but just business is quite often the thing. And this was a good example of that, I think. I feel like if you're ever going to be against Asuka, it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lose, but I'm going to lose with style. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, should we move on to the next match? Yes, we had a, another special entrance. We did. Yuki Aino and Nidoki Tenma had the band available for them to present their introduction Naduki Enma, sorry, Naduki Tenma is going into her final run of her career as she heads towards retirement and graduation from Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, so she wrestled her tag team partner, Yuki Eno, and they were introduced together as a tag team just to have one special match on the big show, which I thought was kind of cool. And it's another kind of Joshi thing you don't see anywhere else in wrestling. Uh, me and Dara did um, at Tsukamisa's retirement the other week, and that show involved lots of out of kayfabe stuff because it was her retirement show. And if we even think back to uh, Dun Matsumoto's retirement show, she tagged with, uh, she tagged with, um, who was it? I can't remember. I think it was Bull Nakano against the Crush Girls. And then she tagged with Lioness Asuka to take on, um, no, she tagged with uh, Chigusa Nagayo to take on Bull Nakano and Lioness Asuka. Because why the hell not? <laughs> I'm going, this is your last chance. Let's have a go. So there you go. So this was kind of one of those matches and it was very emotional and so much fun to watch in a heart-rendering kind of way because obviously Tenma's never going to get that win back now, is she? And that's that's kind of they stress that on commentary. And that was a really cool way to send off a really cool tag team that kind of, since I've been watching Tokyo Joshi Pro, have kind of been the ace tag team, the ones you want to watch. And I think it's been really cool. 
Yeah, it's it's nice to see a team sent off like properly. It's like the Baccarat two sisters are kind of been one of the sort of linchpins of TJPW's tag division for the longest time. Tenma's always sort of been a reliable hand to take a fall or to sort of look like a powerhouse. She's so at least she got to sort of have a match she clearly wanted on like one of the biggest shows before she hung up the boots. <laughs> and then, as you said, it was a very sort of like heart wrenching watch because you're just like, this is like the one time this is going to happen. You've got to make this win count. Yeah, that's it. I know will. Ah, <laughs> uh, then we move on to the next match, which was equally insane. The baby faces Mariki Kobashi, Pom Harajuku, Raku, and Ramkachau lost to Neo Bishikinki Gun, Martha, uh, sorry, Martha, Mason Michelle, Sakisima, and Yukio San Laurent. Um, it's really hard to describe Bishiki Gun, but essentially it is the household of a very rich lady, Mason Michelle, who has had down the years an array of servants to do her every bidding. And it's they Saki all Sama's turned up. House of fun. <laughs> Sorry? It's Saki Sama's house of fun. <laughs> She's just here recruiting everyone who looks remo- like either remotely unique or remo- remotely fashionable and then makes them either contenders or servants. Like, Mesa Michelle is just the recent one. <laughs> there you've got <laughs> Martha from the old days, Yukio Saint Laurent, who looked a weird, weird amount like Yukio Sakaguchi. I wonder if they've ever been in the same room together. Mm, he will know. For, for those of you who want a reference, uh, Yukio Saint Laurent, has a very striking resemblance to the 80s um, anim- uh, manga character Blackjack, um, including the facial stuff, because uh, Blackjack was a, a surgeon by night <laughs> and uh, had to do reconstructed surgery on his own face and a detective during the day, hence the reason why there was a patch on um, uh, Yukio's face. Anywho, <laughs> this feel very weird calling Ram Kai Chow a good guy. Yeah, but you know, she wasn't. She did let the evil sneak out a time or two in this match. Yeah, there's a, a bit of bit of swearing, bit of the old fingers, bit of a shit kick in. It's all fun. Yeah, all 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 in all in good time to to keep everyone in line. Uh, but there could only really be one winner on an event like this which was the pure style of Saki-sama's crew. 10 minutes and 52 seconds. Again, 7.06 from the cage match users. It was actually a very good technical wrestling match as well, with May and Michelle being evil, because she is. Um, and some nice slip-ups as well, with Michelle leaving the silver plush in the middle of the ring for Yukio to trip over, slide upon. And there were some fairly obvious bumps, but there was some good luck. Good, good, it was a good laugh. <laughs> I think my favorite bit is like Raku putting everyone to sleep and Yukio just like, no, don't bother. I'm just going to have a nap anywhere. <laughs> and then he gets up and threatens them, threatening, threatens them all with a scalpel. He's just like, sorry, you were going to do what now? I'm going to. Yeah. And then See? it's just like, you thought I only had one blade. Ha, I've got two. Have you Shit. heard of Jet? Have you found? Had you heard of Jet Black before today? Yeah, I'd, I had. 
Okay, for the quickly to explain, because then you'll get the references much better. Blackjack is a fictional character named by um, Azumaki Tezuka and featured in Weekly Shonen Champion uh, on starting in 1973. His non-appearance comes from a childhood incident in which both he and his mother were terribly injured in an explosion, and he went on to become a doctor. Um, uh, yeah, and that's basically it. And it, it, it goes on all loads of detectives, surgical skills stuff, and becoming a veterinary surgeon and uh, yeah it, it's complicated well like most mangas are they've been going for a very long time <laughs> uh but yeah that's who that character is based on uh we'll move on shall we oh we should probably also note that um marika kobayashi also retiring yes she month. is how long has she been wrestling because she doesn't look like that she's been wrestling very long because she's only 20 no she hasn't been doing it long but i think she's just planning on Either taking a break or just six years in ring experience. So she's been yeah, doing... she's been doing it since she was fourteen. I think you can take a break then. You are allowed. Yeah. <laughs> you should also mention when I said vaccine spots, this was the other one because Yuki also yeah. was a <laughs> palm, not palms, a ram had like a syringe battle. Yes, because she managed to spike ram, but ram caught the needle before it went into her neck, so instead spiked Yuki instead. Um, passed out because it was yeah. fun. There you go. It, it's silly, lots of silly, but we ain't saying it's bad. <laughs> what was a whole lot more serious, and there was a certain dark tone entered to the arena when Hikura, sorry, Hikara Noah faced down AEW representative Hakura Shida, eight minutes and 33 seconds. Hikura Shida these days is a bit more of an all rounded pro compared to what she used to be in her Joshi only days. And she looks like a star, and she walks to the ring like she's a star, and she wrestles like she's a star. And I think that's the the big difference is Noah, this is no knock on her, because she's really good, and I enjoy her work, but she looks small next to Sheeda, even though they're not physically that much different. Just Sheeda just looks, she has had that TV time. She's a former world champion. She, you know, she's worked on her presentation in a different kind of world and come back and she looks like a monster these days and eight minutes to 33 seconds it was still a very very good match with a nice spot that Noah was not going to be outshone by the AW world champion so she took Shida outside and took chair shots gave her chair shots and Shida gave her Singapore cane shots back to kind of you know, one up the boys who often do chop battles and forearm battles. Let's just have foreign object battles instead. Why are we mucking about here? And that was really interesting to see. But the match was really good, I thought, as well. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, I wanted more of this. Like, I get what they were going for and why it's, like, shorter than some of the other matches on the card. I, like, I wanted more of this. I love Hikari Noah. I love the fact that TGFPW are really starting to push her a bit more. They're giving her more of the sort of higher spot. She was obviously the international princess champion for a long time. Mm. And yeah, she held her own against Shida until Shida was just like, all right, time to put your lights out and did just that. <laughs> and then uh, took her stick and walked back up the aisle and pointed it at Aja Kong. And by gum, I would watch that match again any day of the week and twice on Sundays, for those of you who don't know. Uh, in 2017, I think it was, Akira Shida and Aja Kong had a match in Oz Academy, which 
catapulted Shida from being a pretty good regular main eventer to an absolute superstar. And I would suggest it's probably one of the reasons why AEW got interested in it very, very quickly. It was an absolutely brutal affair, as a lot of Oz Academy matches are. And Ashida for weeks afterwards refused to wash her tights because every time she wrestled Kong, she could point to her blood on her tights and I beat you. And it was like one of the most thrilling matches I've seen in such a long time. Um, so yeah, if they try and pull that off in a Tokyo Joshi Pro style, that'd be incredible. Kong's lost a few steps since those days, unfortunately, because you can imagine she's 50. <laughs> so, you know, she's, she's still amazing. She's still better than most wrestlers on Monday Night Raw. But, you know, she, you know, her slow is still better than most people's best. So we shall see what happens there. Speaking of the international princess title, Maki Iho defended against Ayuki Arai and won in 16 minutes and 18 seconds in a very interesting idol versus idol match. Yuki Arai is come from the world of Japanese pop music and is a part-time professional wrestler and challenged Ito uh, someone who couldn't really find their way in the idol world and ended up becoming a professional wrestler, but became a really, really good professional wrestler. And that was kind of the story of the match. And a lot of it was more to do with respect than more to do with who's going to win this particular matchup. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Because this is kind of a bit of a passion play. Yeah, this was bloody. This got vicious. I mean, I suppose it's world v world, isn't it? One mm. who made it in the idol, one who made it further in the wrestling world. And just, this is the most confident Ito has ever been in a match, I think. Like, that was the other thing that, like, sort of kept getting hammered into as the match went. It's just like, Ito is doing what Ito does. It's no longer her sort of clutching on for dear life as, like, her opponents kick the shit out of her. It's her kicking the shit out of her opponents as they're forced to be the ones to have to hold on for dear life. It's, there was this real sort of shift in how Maki, like how Maki Ito is like perceiving herself and expecting others mm. to perceive her. I think that's the big difference with Japanese wrestling is like the the amount of lengths you go to in the sense of trying to kind of explain your character as you go through your career, and there are certain phases to it. And Ito's had that experience of America as well. It's made her much more. Uh, kind of grounded as a star and given her much more confidence as well. And there's also the point here, she's leading this match. You'll be the one calling the spots and as the senior wrestler. And she feels comfortable in that kind of scenario. She's not, you know, she's, how long has she been into her career now? She's been, she's 33. She's got, you know, uh, 13 years of in-run experience, but her story in Tokyo Joshi Pro has been, very different to what a lot of wrestlers would experience and you're right that's it she's kind of like got this dominance about her now and you've you've only really seen it in like the last year or so and yeah it's good to watch and it's showing growth of her as a character too i think you just clicked on cheetah's profile <laughs> no i didn't i got makito's profile did i get 26 I, yes i did yes i did say, not i do apologize i've got a try yeah <laughs> No, five years. Yes, do apologize. I got the wrong one there. Yeah. So the profile, I do apologize. Cage match makes your profile's easy to click on. <laughs> but yes, she's she's five years into the five years into her run. 
and she's showing development and growth as a championship level wrestler and a championship level performance. Well, this was just a great match all around, to be honest. Very physical, very nasty, and this is just Ito. She's just going to kill you. <laughs> but she did offer a hand to Arai at the end of the match, which is very un-Ito-like. Uh, I guess it's idol to idol, isn't it? It's like, yeah. hey, I respect you, unlike most people. <laughs> okay, then we move on to the summer main event. Magical Sugar Rabbits, Mizuki and Yuki Sakazaki defeated Hama- Hakachimu, Miyu Watanabe and Rika Tatsumi. 17 minutes and five seconds. This match did not feel like 17 minutes and five seconds. There was a ton of near falls. It was really, really close. And the champions retain. I thoroughly enjoyed this wrestling match. Watanabe is like on another level of strength when you realize you did a giant swing to two people, not one on top of the other, but side by side. How do you do that? How does that work? How do you just tell me what magic she's using? She is incredible. Um, and there was just so many incredible spots in this particular match. I just love this match. This was awesome. And I'd love to watch these two great teams wrestle again. And hopefully uh, Akachimu get another title shot somewhere down the line. What's your thoughts on this one, John? Because this was this was special. Yeah, this this was probably the best. Ooh, I'm torn between this and the next match as for best match of the night. Like, it just didn't stop. Like, there's so much packed into the runtime of this one. And it's just incredible. Like, it's four complete pros doing what they do best. And putting on one of the sort of fastest, most ludicrous tag bouts that I've probably seen this year. And it's great. It's, as you said, it's just weird to, not weird, but it's just like maddening to work out how the hell they managed to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Magical Sugar Rabbits have a a plethora of double team moves all based around Toy Story, (laughs) which is, (laughs) is this Toy Story 4 or Toy Story 2? Um, that's that's not from the movies, but actually, like that's the name of the finishers. And yeah, it's just a cool, cool tag team. And like I said, Tatsumi is no slouch either. She's got some chops, definitely. And so the four workers who can go really, really hard clearly wrestled each other a lot because there was no blown spots. Nothing even looked rough. This was great, and just loved it. Absolutely loved it. But then we get to the serious business of the evening. The Princess of Princess Championships. Mayo Yamashita has beaten everybody in her third title ring. She got to choose who a challenger was, and that was Shoko Nakajima. The big kaiju, the second in command, if you will, of TJPW behind the ace of Yamashita. And Nakajima defeated Yamashita for the championship using a top rope sent on in 19 minutes and six seconds. This match was outstanding, as you expect for the top two names in the company. This had to deliver. This was the main event of the biggest show they've run to date. It was two of their most established stars. And they were, Yamashita's title run has been quite breathtaking just because of the way she's carried herself and represented her company. You know, I think back to the the stardom, uh, sorry, the Cyberfight Festival last year and her stood in the ring uh, with. Naimichi Marafuji and um, Yonakayama either side of her are not looking out of place and that's such legendary company. Um, she looked amazing all the way through this reign. 
and to lose it, she had to lose in a match that was something special. And this was it. 8.97 from the cage match users. This was a war. And that's what a title match like this needs to be. And it delivered on all levels. Your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, this this is how you end a legendary run. Like, Shoko Nakajima and Yamashita have been kind of linked a lot through history. They came up together, same sort of class, same building, same debut. And it's just, yeah, now here they are, all these, like, a few years later, main eventing, and Nakajima got the big one again. It's, it's. I always love the sort of big kaiju character. She's so full of energy, really, really creative in ring. And, yeah, Yamashita murdered her for so much of this match. <laughs> really difficult to look at at times because like Yamashita's kicks are probably better than most of your favorites. Like there are very few people with the striking capability of Miyu Yamashita. So Yamashita, she is terrifying. Like sh- the skull yeah. kick, that that's lethal. <laughs> if that wasn't pulled, that would kill someone. Yeah, she's absolutely pinpoint accuracy. The only guy that comes close is um. Oh, Noah. Just lost the title. Nakajima. Nakajima, yeah. His kicks are that good. God, imagine but if they had a match. How about a mixed tag with them, too? Against. Uh, there, there's your dream. We were talking about dream wrestling matches. I would like. Um, Akada and Fujimoto from Ice Ribbon. Two super smooth class wrestlers against Yamashita and Nakajima. There you go. How about that? Off the top of my head. Because styles make matches. If you have two super smooth wrestlers against two premium kickers, I think that would be intriguing myself. But yeah, this this is how Anywho. you do a main event. This, yes, this, this is, is how you do a main event. Yeah, this was absolutely how you do a main event. I've seen some good main events in this New Japan Cup lately, but this was this one takes the cake of the wrestling I've watched for quite some time. There was layers to it. The wrestlers were into it. The fans were into it. It was exceptionally good. And huge props to Tokyo Joshi Pro for pulling the show off. What are your overall thoughts on the show, John? Yeah, this this was brilliant. Like I always love it when we do TJPW shows because they're always like they always deliver something and this might just be the strongest one yet. Like there was no drag in the card, no there was no slack anywhere either. It was just all systems go with a variety of different match types. Some really fun reunions, some really silly violence, <laughs> and then just when it got to the serious business, they had three back-to-back-to-back killer matches that just show that hey, it it might be seen as the idol Joshi company, but don't you dare underestimate our wrestling capacity because we'll kill your favorites. Yeah, they were really op- exceptional uh, at delivering wrestling. And I like this company because it's fun. I'm not concerned about the uh, the employees of the company. I'm not concerned about stuff going on in the company. It's a bunch of, bunch of women having fun wrestling matches and clearly enjoying their work and having great, great content. And that's that's what wrestling should be about, I think. And that's the key thing for, for this particular company. My takeaway from this is Tokyo Joshi Pro are going to take over the world. I'm not sure... They're going to challenge Stardom at the moment as far as like number one company because Stardom are even bigger than um, Noah are at the minute. 
on a week to week basis. Um, but it's they're, they're getting there and they're producing good quality stuff and they look like a big wrestling company because they present themselves like a big wrestling company. One of the issues that the small indies and even people like JWP and Wave have is they haven't got the budget to do the level of production they want to make themselves look big. Tokyo Joshi Pro, thanks to Cyberfight, have all of that backing and you know a consistent income to be able to spend the money. And that's what makes it look better, you know. I mean, we talk about Glate and how good they are at production on minimal budget. And they are really, really good on minimal budget. But none of the Glate stuff looks as good as what this does. I don't think, anyway. And that's, I think that's where they win. They win on presentation, match quality, great characters, great wrestlers. Everything you want in wrestling promotion. And that's what's going to drive them forward. And I hope there is another very successful nine years. And I hope they're back at Riguku sooner rather than later as we shall see and that kind of covers us for the Shreepani show today it's a bit of a short show again however I have watched an awful lot of wrestling if you want to go look at uh, today at the New Japan Cup 2022 playlist on the Shreepani show you will find out how much wrestling I've actually watched this week which is lots me and John are going to do today's uh, New Japan Cup show together after we finish repeating this show which you'll hear first before you hear this because this will go out on Monday so I hope you enjoyed that show yesterday. We've got another quarterfinal tomorrow, so there'll be another Troopany show tomorrow night or probably early Tuesday morning by the time I've watched everything. <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, I would like to thank my guest for today, Mr. John Dinsdale. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Thank you for having me and for not making me watch something awful. It's all right. Uh, my name's James Troopany. You can find me at Sheriff Lone Star. Where can we find you on the internet, John? You can find me at John Deathman on Twitter. That is basically the gateway to hell that will lead you to writings, ramblings, opinions, screenshots of Sanchiro Takagi and body paint. And obviously keep a check to Steel Chair Wrestling, where me and Mr. Truepenny write. Indeed, we do. And lots of stuff coming out. Obviously, we have to mention the sad passing of Scott Hall. I haven't talked about it on the New Japan Cup shows because they're kind of in of their own thing and I wanted to save time and talk about it here. Um, Scott Hall was an incredible influence on professional wrestling even till this day and the way the business is conceived and the way the business goes ahead. And it has been a sad loss this week and I've seen loads of people sharing their memories of Scott Hall and we hope his family are okay and we're very, very sad to see him go. Do yourself a favour. If you're feeling down, Go on Twitter and look for the gif of him breaking a light tube bundle over Flipkart's <laughs> head from a GCW show and all your problems will melt away. There you go. That's it. And uh, we hope the bad guy rests easy. Thank you very much, Scott, for everything you did for the wrestling industry. You can find The Troopany Show at Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, The Troopany Show, and on Patreon. We can keep The Troopany Show free forever. For everyone next week. Oh, We've got Crockett Cup from the NWA, New Japan Cup finals. It's all tournament-tastic. We'll have to see what we can do about next week's show. But in the meantime, thank you very much for listening, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. (laughs) 